And again, just by way of review, these first two points, I'll go through them quickly. We looked uh, a few weeks back at the words concerning apostates found in verse number 17. The words concerning apostates. The apostles warned of apostates. Uh, The two different apostles warned us uh, of these, these that would come, and that is, of course, number one, Paul warned us about grievous wolves that would come in, not sparing the flock. He told us that in the latter times, some should depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. And he said, in the last days, perilous times shall come. And they've come. Even in just, listen, ladies and gentlemen, you, you could go back and go back 50 years and uh, even a little beyond that as we think about uh, the, 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 the days of, of, of free love and the hippies and all that. But ladies and gentlemen, in the last 10 to 15 years, morality has gone out the window in public life, in private life. It's just absolutely sickening. It's amazing. By the way, the apostles said it would happen. So Paul uh, told us about it. And then Peter. We looked at what Peter said in 2 Peter chapter 2, particularly, which is all about false prophets. False prophets. So we looked at the words concerning apostates. The words, uh, uh, the apostates warned, uh, the apostles warned of the apostates, Paul and Peter. Then secondly, not only the words, but the works performed by apostates. What are the apostates... uh, uh, known for, so to speak, in, in this text. What, is, what does this text describe apostates? Well, number one, they are known for mocking the Word of God. Mocking the Word of God. It says there in verse 18, how they told you there should be mockers in the last time. We went back and we looked at Second Peter chapter 3, and they say, where's the promise of His coming? Where all things continue as they were from the foundation of the earth. They mock the fact that we believe that Jesus Christ is going to come again. They mock the Word of God. Mocking the Word of God. Secondly, walking after their own ungodly lusts. Walking after their own ungodly Did you ever think you would see a day like today? I, I, I think about it so often. You people that are north of 70... I cannot imagine what the world looks like to you compared to what it once looked like. I, I really can't. That, that there are literally, forgive me, ladies and gentlemen, there are literally men who dress like women who think that makes them women. This is the world we live in right now. And if you don't believe that, you're the problem. Apostasy, ladies and gentlemen. It is flat, by the way, it is, it is apostasy, and apostasy at its core hates God. And you know what Romans chapter 9 says? It says, shall the thing form say unto him that formed it, why hast thou made me thus? That's it. Their argument was with the Creator. The apostates, they, 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 they're mocking the Word of God. They're walking after their own ungodly lusts. They don't care. It's, this is what motivates them, their own ungodly lust, separating themselves, separating themselves. And then number four, living sensually. So mocking the word of God, walking after their own ungodly lust, separating themselves, living sensually. Number three, 
The words concerning the apostates, number one. Number two, the works performed by the apostates. Number three, the why of the apostates. Why? I mean, why? Why are apostates so far gone? I mean, we've always had evil in our world. Ever since sin came into the world, there's been evil. But why this this massive apostasy? Well, it tells us right there in verse 19. It says, these be they, speaking of apostates, who separate themselves, sensual, and here's the key, ladies and gentlemen, having not the Spirit. And that in your Bible, your King James Bible, that Spirit should be capitalized. You know why? Because that's the Holy Spirit. I want you to go over to Romans chapter 8, verse 9. Romans chapter 8, verse 9. The ultimate, and I've said this before, I'll say it again, there's only one person in this room who I know is saved. Now, I've heard some of your testimonies, and I love you, and I believe you, but there is only one person in this room who I know is saved, and that's me. I don't say that to say everybody else is lost. I'm just saying there's a reason I know that I'm saved, and it's right here in Romans 8 and verse 9. And it's the difference between you and an apostate. I had somebody uh, recently talk to me, and they were, they were talking about doubts they were having. And they talked about, uh, you know, they, they, as they're listening to these Wednesday night messages, that they'll get the thought, could I be an apostate? Could I be an I mean, I've sinned before, and I've sinned willingly. And I, I remember talking to him and saying, the very fact that you're concerned about it tells me you're not an apostate. Because apostates aren't concerned about it. Not even a little bit. But here's the difference. This, this is literally, when the rapture happens, this is the difference between left behind and gone. Verse 9, but ye are not of the flesh. Doesn't mean you don't have flesh. Doesn't mean sometimes you don't give in to the flesh. It says, ye are not of the flesh, but in the spirit, if so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he's none of his. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, apostates on your outline there commit some of the most despicable acts, blank line, and say some of the most heinous words against God. But what is the real reason for the way that apostates act? The real reason is they do not have the Holy Spirit dwelling within them. That is the reason. That is why apostates do what they do. Now, the truthfully, lost people don't have the Holy Spirit. That's why lost people do what they do. But apostates have gone a degree further. I believe that apostates have literally said no to the Holy Spirit enough times where God has said, that's it. And you read Romans 1. Read what it says. That God gave them up. God gave them over to a reprobate mind. And again, I'm not saying to go out there and judge everyone by the sins they commit, that they're, they're of a reprobate mind and I shouldn't give them the gospel. I'll just tell you this, give the gospel to everybody you can. That's, that's, that's our job. But I know this, there are some people that have crossed God's deadline. That's what Jude is all about. 
And it's because they don't have the Holy Spirit. You have a cross-reference there. You can write down the blank on that blank line. Write down 1 Corinthians 6.19. And since you're in Romans, just bump over to 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians 6.19. Apostates do not have the Holy Spirit indwelling in them. 1 Corinthians 6.19, look at it. What's it say there? What? He's speaking to the church at Corinth that was guilty of many a carnal sin. He deals with a whole bunch of those in verses 9 and 10. We've read that. Fornicators, idolaters, adulterers, effeminate, abusers of themselves with mankind, that's homosexuality, thieves, covetous, drunkards, revilers, extortioners. And then I love what he says in verse 11. He says, such were some of you. Some of you that live in Corinth and are now part of the church at Corinth, some of you did all these things. But you're washed now. Things are different. You know what the biggest difference is? Verse 19. What know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you which ye have of God? The man or woman who does not have the Holy Spirit living inside of them is a lost man or woman. The Holy Spirit, and we can give you these six, seven bullet points here, and we don't have time to look up each one of these references. I hope you will. I hope you'll take this lesson home and just take your Bible, maybe even your morning devotions. The ministry of the Holy Spirit in the life of the believer is this. First of all, he convicts man of his lost condition. He reproves the world of sin, the Bible says in John 16, 8. He convicts man of his lost condition. I said this before, I'll say it again. If you heard the word of God and you are not convicted of your lost condition, you are still lost. But when you heard the word of God and you realized that you were a sinner and you realized that your sin was going to go, you're going to send you to hell, that is what we call the conviction of the Holy Spirit. Conviction. He convicts man of his lost condition. Secondly, he regenerates the man who trusts Christ. And obviously I say man as mankind. Amen. Man or woman who trusts Christ. And that's right there in Titus uh, chapter 3, verse 5. It talks about the regeneration. The regeneration that takes... You know what we call that? We call that being born again. Being born of the Spirit. As John chapter 3, verse 5 and 7 says. So this is what the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit convicts man of his lost condition. He regenerates the man who trusts Christ. He baptizes that man into the body of Christ. You become, the the moment that you get saved, the Holy Spirit makes you part of the body of Christ, which is the entire corporate of saved. And we can put it this way, uh, some people don't like this term, uh, and I get why they don't, but this is part of, forgive me, ladies and gentlemen, the big worldwide church. Some people, oh, I don't, I don't, I don't use that term, invisible church. You know, God, God speaks through the local church. I agree with you. But one day, every saved person is going to meet together in the air, and they're not all going to be part of this local church. They're going to be part of local churches all over this world. So he baptizes man into the body of Christ. Then you know what else he does? 
The Holy Spirit seals and indwells that man until redemption day. See, the moment that you got saved, listen to me now, the moment that you got saved, the Holy Spirit came in to take up his permanent residence inside you. See, the problem is the charismatics have stolen the Holy Spirit. You say, what do you mean by that? Well, they think if you, don't, if you don't jabber and you don't speak in this special unknown language or, and you don't have this, this uh, super experience, then the Holy Spirit really doesn't live inside you. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, as I say so many times, just stick with the Word of God. The Word of God says when you heard, you believed, you were sealed with the Spirit of promise. That's it. See, how do you know, how do you know the Holy Spirit lives inside you, Pastor? I'll tell you how you know. Conviction of sin. I call it, I call it holy heartburn. I, I think that's a great term that we can all understand. If, if you've had some food that was a little spicy, sometimes you're like, whoa, whoa. Okay. You used to sin and didn't care. Then you got saved. Now you sin, but you can't enjoy it. Holy heartburn. The Holy Spirit says, you belong to me now. I've, I've told this story so many times, you probably get sick of hearing it. But I, I, I remember this like it was yesterday, it was almost 30 years ago. I was standing in a, in a bar, my, my friend's band was playing, and people dancing, booze everywhere, loud music. I'm over here watching uh, my buddy, making sure his drums don't tip over, he doesn't lose a stick or anything like that. And I had just gotten saved, Brother Town, amen. And I remember the column speaker, this big, just pouring out sound. And I remember standing there, and I heard the sweet voice of the Holy Spirit saying, you don't belong here. You don't belong here. Now, I didn't hear him out loud. I couldn't hear anything out loud. Somebody would have yelled fire. I couldn't have heard it. But I heard it. Some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. You've heard his voice, especially in regards to sin. That's how you know you're saved. Because the Holy Spirit convicts you of your sin. If he never convicts you of your sin, I would say you're probably lost. Because if he indwells you, he convicts you. Now again, we quench him, we grieve him, and he doesn't speak as loud as he used to. Remember that first time you were going to sin? He said, hey, don't do that. But then you did it a few times, and he said, hey, don't do that. You don't hear him quite as well as you used to. The problem's not with him, the problem's with us. Amen. So he seals and indwells man until that redemption. You got to look up that verse, Ephesians 4.30, also uh, Ephesians uh, 1.13 and, and 14 there. And then according to Romans, uh, or I'm sorry, John 14.26, he teaches that man. He teaches us. The Holy Spirit ultimately is our teacher. Someone has said the Bible's the only book that you can read where the teacher will teach it to you. The author of this book wants to teach it to you. Not me. Oh, I'm somebody who can expound the Word, sure. But the Holy Spirit ultimately is the teacher. By the way, I love it. When I, I'll preach a message and, and, and someone will come up to me afterwards and they'll say, you know what, uh, I'm dealing with this in my life and, and this. And then somebody with a completely different problem will come up to me and say, Pastor, thank you for preaching on that. You helped me with this thing. And I think to myself, Miss Lori, well, I didn't know either one of those things, but the Holy Spirit sure did. Holy Spirit convicts man of his lost condition. 
regenerates the man who trusts Christ, baptizes that man into the body of Christ, seals and indwells that man until redemption day, teaches that man. And then according to Romans chapter 8, verse 14, he leads that man. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Again, that leading doesn't come many times in you know, God's splitting waters like he did long ago. It's just simple, quiet impressions that the Holy Spirit gives to us. I, I, I've had people ask me through the years, how did, you, how did you know that you were supposed to be a preacher? How did you know God wanted you to go to Bible college? How did you know God wanted you to come to Loomis Park Baptist Church? And I wish I had a better answer than this, ladies and gentlemen. You just know the Holy Spirit leads. The Holy Spirit leads. He does. And one day, by the way, he's going to make it clear all the leading he did. We're going to get to heaven and we're going to see, hey, I wanted to go this way. And the Holy Spirit said, no, I want you to go that way. I want you to go. I got something better for you. So last two lines there. We'll go to prayer. Time's gone here. The apostate does not have the Holy Spirit because he or she has refused God's simple plan of salvation and is therefore lost. Ultimately, that's the apostate's problem. The apostate is a lost person. But it's more than that, isn't it, ladies and gentlemen? Thank God the gospel will still work on a lost person. But an apostate has crossed God's deadline. And he tells us, in this text, remember the words concerning apostates. Remember the works performed by apostates. And remember the why of why apostates are. That's because they have not the spirit. They're sensual, having not the spirit. Okay. We